Romans 15 and verse number 9. The Bible says, And that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Father, bless the reading of thy word this morning. I pray that you receive glory and honor. Lord, hide us behind the shadows of the cross, and may we not say or do anything that would reveal the flesh in any way. But, oh God, I pray this morning we'd see you high and holy and lifted up. God, may you receive maximum glory. May we see no man save Jesus only. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Paul, in this passage of Scripture, I want you to notice that he's placing specific emphasis on the phrase Gentiles. In fact, in these verses that we have read this morning, all throughout the book of Romans, Paul will do this. Even further in chapter number 15, will he use the phrase Gentiles again? But you'll notice in these verses that we have read this morning, in these five verses here, four verses that we have read this morning, that the word Gentiles is mentioned six times. He said in verse number nine, he said, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy that reveals God's work amongst the Gentiles and then in verse number 9 he said I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name that reveals God's witness among the Gentiles then in verse number number 10 he says again he saith rejoice ye Gentiles with his people that reveals God's will for the Gentiles is that we might praise the Lord and magnify God again in verse number 11 he says all ye Gentiles and laud him all ye people that reveals God's worship by the Gentiles you see the word laud simply means uh, uh, to praise to extol it means to applaud or it means to acclaim or to commend or to admire and God is wanting the Gentiles uh, to worship the Lord you see in the Old Testament uh, it was just about the nation of Israel and them worshiping God them acclaiming God them extolling God but now God has slipped the plate our way and we too have an opportunity to worship God. And then he talks about in verse number 12 that the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust and that reveals God's wonder and God's way amongst the Gentiles. God wants to reign over the Gentiles. What about that? In the Old Testament it would be God, would be Israel's king. But in the New Testament God is going to be every believer's king and we will worship with Israel and we will worship King Jesus and we will magnify him and we'll give him honor and we'll give him glory and we'll give him praise. Now, if you're a Gentile and if you're not a Jew, you are, you ought to raise your hand and bless the Lord that you've got a privilege and an opportunity to worship God. And brother, I want to tell you this morning, I'm not going to let people, by the grace of God, I'm not going to let people, I'm not going to let problems, I'm not going to let the devil, I'm not going to 
let circumstances uh, hinder my worship for God. I'm not looking across the aisle to see what somebody else says about it. I'm not seeking the approval of somebody else. Uh, I'm not gonna sit in a service and lock it down uh, because there's something I don't like uh, or something didn't go the way I want it to go. Uh, oh, no, friend. Uh, I'm telling you, I don't care if the devil come in and sit right there on the front row this morning. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and magnify the God of heaven uh, because he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I don't know much this morning, but I learned a long time ago, you can't worship based on people, problems, or any of those other things I mentioned. You gotta get above that and get beyond that and get over that and just worship God this morning, amen. What a privilege to be a Gentile and to be able to worship God. But the emphasis of what I'm preaching on this morning is found in verse number 12. And I'm not talking about the Gentiles, but I want to talk about Jesus this morning. What we'll note in verse number 10 and verse number 11 and verse number 12, you ought to underline this in your Bible. Every one of them verses, verse 10, verse 11, and verse number 12, they all begin the same way. Notice that little phrase there. And again, he saith, rejoice, Gentiles, uh, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Then notice verse 12, and again, Isaiah saith. Uh, he said, well, now, preacher, what's the big deal about that? Well, in verse number 10, the verse time that he uses that phrase, and again, he quotes Moses in Deuteronomy chapter number 32 and verse number 43. The second time in verse number 11, he quotes the psalmist David in Psalms 117 and verse number one. But when we come to verse number 12, he's my friend quoting Isaiah in verse 10 and 11, he's talking about the Gentiles, commanding them to worship God. But when he gets to Isaiah in verse number 12, what he does is he goes back and he gives us an Old Testament picture in the word of God of Jesus. Amen. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject on an Old Testament picture in a New Testament scripture. Amen. An Old Testament picture in a New Testament scripture. Because what happens here is Paul does not use his words, but he uses Isaiah's words. When he begins to talk about Jesus, he reaches back to Moses and David when he commands us to worship Jesus. But when he wants to talk about Jesus, he goes, my friend, to Isaiah and he uses Isaiah. Do you know this morning that the book of Isaiah is the Bible contained within one book. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah and if you start in Isaiah chapter number one, it emphasizes what Genesis emphasizes. In chapter two, it emphasizes what Exodus emphasizes and you can run every book of the Bible through every chapter of the book of Isaiah. I'm telling you, friend, Isaiah painted a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at verse number 12 here and I want us to see this Old Testament picture in this New Testament scripture and the first thing I want us to see this morning is I want us to see the miraculous Jesus, amen, the miraculous Jesus. You say, well now brother Gramley, I don't see no miracle in there. Well notice the first phrase. He said, and again Isaiah saith, amen. Now I got a question for you this morning. 
What in the world would Isaiah know about Jesus? When you take the book of Isaiah, Brother Jack, Isaiah, my friend, wrote the book of Isaiah 750 to 800 years before the birth of Christ, before Roman crucifixion was ever even instituted. He wrote the book of Isaiah. How in the world would Isaiah know anything about Jesus? That's a miracle within itself. I'm telling you, friend, I wouldn't own a Bible that wasn't a miraculous book, Amen. I'm telling you the RSV, the NIV, the ESV, uh, the ASV and all them other perverted versions. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, there ain't nothing miraculous about them. They're full of mistakes and they're full of errors. Amen. But I hold in my book a hand this morning, in my hand a book, friend. Uh, I want to tell you this morning, it's unadulterated. Uh, there's no errors. Uh, it's inspired. It's indescribable. It's indisputable. It is a perfect book this morning. Uh, I'm here to tell you it's a miracle that I Isaiah could give a perfect picture of his birth, his life, and his death, and his millennial reign without ever seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother, when you read Isaiah, he said why he called him wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. He talked about the virgin birth of Christ. He talked about in Isaiah 53 in great detail the death of Christ, how that he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, my friend, he was, he, uh, the, uh, upon his, stri- uh, uh, his stripes, we are healed. Uh, he talked about the, the crucifixion, and then he talked about the millennial reign uh, when he will reign upon this earth. Uh, I'm talking about that's a miracle that Isaiah Isaiah could write about a Jesus that he never saw. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, just because Isaiah did not see Jesus does not mean that Isaiah did not know Jesus. Amen. You say, but Jesus hadn't come to this earth. No, but he was a lamb that was slain before the foundations of this world. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, I think God say I knew Jesus as much as you and I know Jesus this morning. You see, I've never seen Jesus, but I know Jesus this morning. You say, but Isaiah never saw him. I got to thinking about that the other day, Brother Laddie. At the very morning that I was studying this scripture, there was a, a brother that I've talked to for probably for two years. We have talked. He sent me a text while I was studying this text, amen. And I'll tell you something, I looked at that text. I seldom ever look at my phone. I know y'all say amen to that. Amen, but I seldom ever look at it when I'm studying my Bible or praying. But that morning when it went off, I just picked it up. And when I looked at it, it was this brother from West Virginia. We've been friends for two years. And I thought about, I texted him back, sent him a message back, and then I went back to reading my text here and God spoke to me. And he said, you know, just like Isaiah never saw Jesus, you've never saw that brother. In fact, I've never saw him. We've ne- I've never shook his hand. I've never even heard his voice. But for two years, you know what we've done? We've texted each other. He texted me one day, two years ago. We were just talking and, and the way of a conversation, one thing led to another. And so for two years, we've just sent texts back and forth to each other. Sometimes it's a prayer request. Sometimes it's something like a need. He's a pastor in that area. And so I, if he walked in the door this morning, I wouldn't know his face. If I heard his voice, I wouldn't know his voice. But if you ask me if I know him, I could tell you this morning, I know him. Through text, I learned more about him and he learns more about me. I would think he would say that he 
knows me, but I've never heard his voice, I've never shook his hand, and I've never saw his face. Can I tell you this morning, I've never saw the face of Jesus, I've never shook Jesus' hand, I've never audibly heard his voice, but I know him this morning. You say, how do you know him? Because he's text me, he's given me a whole lot of text, amen, and I've read his text, and I prayed to him, and I know him this morning. Isaiah had never saw him, he never shook his hand, he never heard his voice, but he talked about him like he was the dearest friend that he ever had. He knew Jesus, friend, that's a miracle, and there's this miraculous Jesus this morning, and then there's this mysterious Jesus. Notice the Bible said, and Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse. Now that's a mystery this morning because when you think about that today, the Bible does not say that he is the branch of Jesse. It says he is the root of Jesse. Now I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I know one thing, that the root comes first, isn't that right? And so if something is the root, it has to be first. And my friend, if it if something is the offspring of another, then it is the branch. Isn't that right? I mean, you don't put a branch in the ground and get a tree. Isn't that right? You got to put a root in the ground. And from the root comes the trunk. And from the trunk comes the branch. And from the branch comes the leaves. And from the leaves comes the fruit. Isn't that right? That's the process. And the Bible does not say that Jesus was the branch of Jesse. It says he is the root root of Jesse, but Jesus was born after Jesse, so how could he be the root? Isn't that a mystery to this world? I'm going to tell you how it could be true. It's because our Savior, he was before time. He'll be after time. He's always on time at the right time, at the same time. I'm telling you this morning, he is the root, and I'm glad that I serve a Jesus. I don't have everything figured out about him. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, friend, Jesus, in some long-haired hippie uh, with with sandals and Bermuda shorts uh, and a shell necklace. Somebody say amen. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, the Jesus of this Bible is the God of the ages. Uh, He's the King of kings. Uh, He's the captain of our salvation. He's the Lord of lords. Uh, He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of Jesse. Uh, He's that which is, which was, and which is to come. Uh, He's the Almighty, saith the Lord. Uh, That's the Jesus of the Bible. He'll be there in your darkest hour. He'll see you through your darkest night. He'll take you through the darkest desert. He's always there. He, my friend, hears and answers our prayer. That's the Jesus that we serve. Amen. And the Bible is a mysterious book. And Jesus is a mysterious Jesus. There is a miraculous Jesus. He talks about this Old Testament picture and this New Testament scripture gives us this mysterious Jesus. But then notice it gives us this majestic Jesus. Amen. The Bible said that he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. I want to tell you this morning the Jesus of this Bible will one day rule the world. Hallelujah. He died for the world. He lived in this world. Now he'll save the world if they'll trust him. But one day he is going to rule and reign over this world. One day there'll be no more elections. Amen. One day there'll be no more voting booths. One day there'll be no more runoffs. At one day there'll be no more ballots. At one day there'll be no other kings. There'll be no other prime ministers. There'll be no other presidents. At one day Jerusalem's going to be the capital of the world. And inside that capital on the throne of David. 
is going to be the king of the ages. This majestic Jesus upon his head is going to be many crowns and many diadems and people are going to come, my friend, from the four corners of this earth and they're going to bow down at his feet and they're going to worship him who is worthy to be praised, who is worthy to be glorified, who is worthy to be lifted up. He is a majestic Jesus. Amen. Now we've had great presidents and great kings, but none of them, no matter how great they were, were worthy to be worshiped. No man is worthy to be praised. No man is worthy for others to bow down at his feet. For he is just a mortal like the rest. God may have used him in a great way, but I want to tell you this morning, none of us are worthy to be praised. None of us are worthy to be worshipped. I want to say this morning that Jesus of the Bible, he deserves all the praise. He deserves all the honor. He deserves all the glory. He is worthy to be magnified. He is worthy to be extolled. He is worthy to be lifted up. He is worthy to be exalted. If you know Jesus, you ought to worship Jesus. If you know Jesus, you ought to praise Jesus. If he knows Jesus, you ought to lift him up. You ought to not lift others up, but we ought to lift up the Lamb of God that'll take away the sin of this world. I'm glad I know him, and I'm glad he knows me. And one day what we're gonna do through eternity, we're gonna lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what's gonna be so great about heaven is it's not gonna be about nobody but Jesus. I'm talking about with all the angelic beings and all the great heavenly choir and the singing and the beauties of heaven. The Bible said, John said he turned and he said he looked in the midst of that throne. There stood a lamb, hallelujah, that had been slain. One day I'm gonna see that lamb, amen. One day I'm gonna worship that lamb. One day we're gonna bow down at his feet. Oh, what majesty when we see Jesus in all of his glory. I'd like to see him as a babe. I'd love to see him on the cross. I'd like to see him as a prophet. But I'm telling you what I want to see him as is a soon coming king. Hallelujah. And there is this majestic Jesus. Then I want to say in closing this morning, not only is this Old Testament picture of this New Testament scripture give us this miraculous Jesus and this mysterious Jesus and this majestic Jesus, but I want to say this morning there is this merciful Jesus. Because the Bible said in the latter part that the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. I want to remind you and I this morning, do you realize how much mercy God has showed upon us to be able to trust Jesus? The song the choir sing, I can trust Jesus. I want to tell you it's a privilege to be able to trust Jesus. In the Old Testament, we were nothing but dogs. In the Old Testament, we were aliens to the commonwealth of Israel. In the Old Testament, we were outcasts. In the Old Testament, we were foreigners. In the Old Testament, my friend, we were heathens is what the Bible said. In the New Testament, outside of Christ, uh, we're children of wrath. We're dead in our trespasses and sin. My friend, in the New Testament, my friend God, uh, listen, when you think about this, when Israel wanted a king, uh, they wanted Saul as a king, they rejected Jehovah God. When they crucified Jesus, uh, uh, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they stoned Stephen, he says, why doth you always resist the Holy 
Holy Ghost. They rejected the Holy Spirit. You know what God did after that? Two chapters later, he raised up the apostle Paul who was to light the lamp of the grace of God in the Gentiles' household. And Paul was an apostle born out of due season. He preached the gospel, preached the mystery of the church, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of things to come. I want to tell you because of that, thank God we Gentile dogs, we can get born again. We can be saved. We can be in God's family. I'm telling you this morning, it sure is good to know you can trust Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That old song says, come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord and he will save you. He will save you if you'll trust in his word. This morning, what a privilege. You know, living in America, if we're not careful, we'll think we're better than other people. If we're not careful, we'll get so spoiled to this prosperous lifestyle that we'll think that God owes us something, that we should be saved because we're Americans. I'm gonna tell you, why would God not let America, why would God not let America been a wilderness jungle of heathens. At one time it was that worshiped the false gods of this world, the gods of creation. I want to tell you, my friend, you can still go around this country today and you can find that they're still worshiping those false gods of creation. Why did God bring the gospel to the shores of America? Why did God ever raise up this country and let it be a nation that would sound out the gospel to all the regions of this world? Why would God ever let churches be planted in America? Why would God let you and I, why did he let us be born behind the iron curtain? Why didn't he let us be my friend born in red China why didn't God let us be born on the ivory coast of Africa and die and go to hell never seeing a gospel track never seeing a bible never seeing a missionary you tell me why God let you be born right here in the bible bell hear the gospel come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ I'm going to tell you there's only one reason why it's because of God's mercy it's because of his mercy he don't owe me nothing he could have let me die a drunkard and went to hell. Oh, but for his mercy, but for his grace, but for his love, he is a merciful God this morning. Why didn't God let us all be born in Salt Lake and be a Mormon? Why didn't he let us be born? Hey, my friend, why didn't he let us get indoctrinated with Jehovah's Witness and become a Jehovah's false witness and die and go to hell? Why didn't God just leave us to ourselves and let us die? I'm telling you, do you realize how blessed you are to sit in church on a Sunday morning, have a Bible in your lap and Jesus in your heart and know, thy friend, that you've been saved. He is a merciful Jesus this morning. He's so merciful. Why? Why didn't God let you go to hell the first time he dealt with your soul? Why did he pass by your heart's door a second time? Why did God let you be born in a Christian home and have Christian parents? Mercy. Mercy. You know how many prayers God's answered for me on terms of mercy? You know how many times God's pulled me out of the ditch? on the path of mercy. You know how many times I couldn't find the answer and I said, dear God, I need the answer. Left to myself, I'll choose the wrong thing. But mercy, 
When justice called, mercy answered. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the day that I knelt, the blood of God fell on my soul. I got saved by the grace of God. He should have let me went to hell. I'm telling you, justice called that day, but mercy answered that call. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. I'm glad I've been born again. I'm glad I'm free from sin. Don't it feel good just to know that you know him? That's mercy. That's rivers of mercy this morning. He's merciful, Brother Laddie. Oh, that he'd pick you up and, and when you're just a little boy and save you and put you in what he's put you in. It's a merciful Jesus this morning. And I would say to you today, if you don't know him, you ought to do what this text says. You're a Gentile. And the Bible says in him, shall the Gentiles trust. You know why I'm going to heaven this morning? Because I've trusted in Jesus. I'm not trusting myself this morning. I'm not trusting the words I said on the altar. I'm not trusting the experience. I'm not trusting the tears. And they're all good. But I'm not trusting them things. I'm trusting in one that will never fail. I'm trusting in one this morning that when the flesh and the devil says, you're not saved. I take him to the one that declares the record straight. If I'm not saved, take it up with him this morning. I'm telling you, when I can't track him, I'm just gonna trust him. When I can't see him, I'm just gonna trust him. When I don't know what to do, I'm just gonna trust him. When it looks like things are gonna turn out wrong, I'm just gonna trust him. When it comes down to the end of the life's way and everything else and everyone else fades from view, you know what I'm gonna do when it comes time to cross that river? I'm just gonna trust the one that I've been trusting all these years. He has never failed. He has never failed. He has never failed. He has never let me down. He has never not come through. He has never not supplied my need. You can't trust Jesus. You can trust him. I'm telling you, I don't want to quit preaching. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust Jesus this morning. You can trust him when you're young but you can trust him when you're old. You can trust him when you're up, but you can trust him when you're down. You can trust him on the mountaintop. You can trust him in the valley low. You can trust him when you're high, and you can trust him when you're low. You can trust him when you're right, but you can trust him when you're wrong. You can trust him this morning. You can trust him because he's merciful. Woo! Woo! I say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Woo! 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 Glory to God. Woo! Oh, my soul. He 
He's so faithful. He's so worthy. He's so good. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. I wish y'all to help me. Woo! Bless the Lord. Down through the years, the trials, the troubles, and the tears. Every step of the way through every every trial and every trouble and every heartache. He is a God that said, I will not leave thee. I will not forsake thee. He'll hold your hand. He'll be a shoulder you can lean on. He'll walk with you in the hard times. He'll whisper to you in the night hours. He'll love on you. When you think you don't got a friend in this world, you can trust him. Hallelujah. Woo. He's worthy. He's so worthy. Hallelujah this morning. What about it today? What about it today as we stand? I'm telling you this morning, I don't care where you're at or what you're going through. I'm telling you, I don't care how big your problem is. I don't care how heavy the burden is this morning. I tell you, you can pile up in this altar, let God baptize you in his mercy and his grace, and he'll see you through the hard times of life while we sing. If you need to come, would you come? I hear the Savior say, Oh, yes, come on this morning. Indeed, it's small. It's so small. Come on this morning. I love weakness, watch and pray. Yes. For in me. I don't care what it is this morning. You can lay it at his feet. Let's sing it, church. Come on. Jesus paid it all. All to him. All to him I owe. Oh, yes, yes. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. See that little baby coming down the aisle there? Brother Casey, hold that baby for everybody to see. Come up here. You can trust him, can't you? No matter what the outcome would have been, you could trust him. Isn't that wonderful this morning? That little old baby's made it through. Had she not made it through, she'd have been safe in the arms of Jesus. God give you grace no matter the outcome, didn't he? I'm telling you this morning, no matter what it is, trust God. Trust him. When you can't see your way through, trust him. Trust him this morning while we sing. Come on, you mind God this morning.